Hello, welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children, the podcast where I share the recordings of the bedtime stories I've improvised for my children over the years. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. Today's story is part two of the second tale of Ea and Dak, in which Dak departs to search for the mermaid he fell in love with so many years ago. Will he find her? What obstacles will be in his way? You'll have to listen and find out. castle the next morning with a crew of guards to take with him on his voyage. Ea and Shan stood on the battlements of the castle and waved. Shan had given Dak a gift before he had left and little purple velvet lined pouch that Dak was now wearing around his neck. Shan had told him that he should not open it until he was on board the ship. It took two days of riding for Dak and the guards to reach the coast. And there they took a ship already crewed with sailors and with a captain whose name was Captain Goldring. Dak had hired Captain Goldring himself and knew that he was the best captain in the Royal Fleet. Captain Goldring had a somewhat colorful past. Before he had become, he and his crew had become members of the Royal Fleet, they had been what many people would ungenerously refer to as pirates. But after several years on the high seas, Captain Goldring had become rather tired of all the hard work of a pirate's life and the danger, and he just didn't like it very much either. He enjoyed the sailing and he enjoyed the adventure, but he just didn't enjoy all that much making his living by stealing from other people. And so he had come into port and he had surrendered himself. And Dak had been the one who had been called to judge him. And Dak had ordered him to repay the people he had stolen from. And then as had his sentence had sentenced him to be a captain of a ship in the Royal Navy for 20 years. Captain Goldring had been ecstatic at his sentence and had thanked Dak profusely. Dak had since that time sailed with Captain Goldring once on a short trip out to some nearby islands to deal with a territorial dispute there. And he knew that Captain Goldring and his men were absolutely the best sailors he had ever seen. Exactly the sort of people that you would want to take with you if you were going on a voyage to a place that you were not exactly sure of, through seas that could be very dangerous. When Dak arrived on the ship, Goldring was standing at the top of the gangplank and said, Arr, well, if it isn't Dak, what can I do for you today, me prince? And Dak said, well, I have an adventure that I seek a ship to carry me to. Would that interest you? I'd be supposing it would, Prince Dak. Me and my men have been thinking it has been a bit boring around here of late. We'd be looking for some adventure. Do you be knowing what kind of adventure we'd be having? No, said Dak. Think you need to be ready for anything. Arr, you know us, Prince Dak. We're always ready for anything. 
indeed, said Dak. May we come aboard? Aye. And so Dak and the, tr- and the guards trooped on board, put their things into the various cabins around the ship. When would you be wanting to leave, then, your majesty? said Captain Dog Coldring. Well, said Dak, who was doing his best not to stare at the big gold ring that Captain Goldring had pierced through his nose. That was the source of his name. Well, said Dak, I would like to leave as soon as we're ready to go. How soon can you be ready? Er, well, let me see now. Uh, how about now? Cast off, boys! And with that, the sailors jumped to the ropes. Hit that front. Let me see now. Yeah. Right now. And with that, the sailors jumped the ropes that held the ship bound to the dock, loosed them, and, pulling up the anchor, the ship sailed out of the harbor and into the sea. Dak then went into the captain's cabin and told the Captain Goldring about what he was in search of. After a mermaid, are ye? Well, can I give ye a bit of advice from an old sea salt? All right, said Dak. Give it up, boy. You'll never find her. You, uh, fell in in the middle of a storm. You have no idea what part of the sea she's in. Well, said Dak, sort of hoping she'll find me. Aye, but what if she does? What are you going to do? She's a mermaid, and you're a human. You can't live together. You belong on land, and she belongs in the water. You can't just leave the kingdom now, can you? Well, said Dak, frankly, I could. I mean, now that Ia's married to Shan, Shan takes care of a lot of the things that I would do. Oh, don't be kidding yourself. Shan's a lovely man, and I'm very glad that Queen Ia's found him, but he's not really good at running a kingdom. Well, he's the best storm mage I've ever seen in my life, but he's no interest in roads or taxes or judging. It's just not... What he was cut out to do, me lad, not you. Oh, he'd be a sore loss to the kingdom. And besides, wouldn't you miss us all? Dak said, I don't know. He said, Captain Goldring, I really, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if he'll find her. What do you know, lad? I know this, said Dak. I have to look. Ah, do you know? The old ex-pirate grew thoughtful for a moment, picked a cracker up off his table and fed it to the parrot on his shoulder. He said, well then, I suppose you do. And if you don't find her, it'll still be a mighty nice little adventure, won't it? Well, I hope so, said Dak. Well, here's what we'll do. If sir saw her when you were sailing from here to your parents' tropical island, so we'll set sail in that direction. And, uh... I guess you'll be spending your days looking over the side, won't you, laddie? Yeah, said Dak, I reckon I will. And that's what he did. Every day, he would walk from one side of the boat to the other, staring down into the water as it went from the deep, wild blue color that it was on the shores of his native kingdom to a lighter to a lighter green. Whatever it was she had given him, yeah. To a lighter green color until it started to become that clear color 
and he could see the fish swimming down below. Day after day passed. Captain Goldring and the soldiers had, and the guards and the sailors had to remind him to eat. He was so busy steering overboard, and it began to get quite the crick in his neck. But he never saw a flash of blonde hair. He never even saw those elusive shadows that he thought might have been her. He saw some amazing things. Great squid and whales. Fish of all sizes and colors. Five days passed that way. And on the fifth day, the lookout in the crow's nest called down, Captain! I There's something ahead. What be it? I'm not sure, Captain. What kind of lookout do you be calling yourself, lad? You're supposed to be up there telling us what it is. Get your telescope out to have a look. I did, Captain, but I'm just not sure. Be it land, laddie? No, Captain. Be it uh, another ship? No, Captain. Alrighty then. Which direction be it? The lookout pointed, and the captain turned, and the ship slowly turned in the wind to go in the direction that the lookout had pointed. An hour passed, and now the crew down below on the deck of the ship could make something out as well. And they could begin to see why the lookout had been so confused. It was not land with its sort of smudgy look on the horizon. And it was not another ship. There were no white sails to be seen. It was more like a flickering, as if they were in a desert and they were seeing a mirage from way a mirage. A mirage is an illusion in the desert. Or it, you yeah. think you see something, but you don't actually see it. Oh, so it's like if you thought the sand looked like a snake for a second. Like yeah. Or like if you thought that it looked like there was water, but when you get there, there's no water. Something like that. As they got closer, it began to look rather like sort of a dark cloud. As they got closer still, they could see that there were some various curious things about it. It still looked like a cloud, but it was a perfect sort of square, cube-like shape. And there was a strange, eerie sound coming from it. A sound that went As the sound got louder and they got closer, the sound seemed to become more and more beautiful to the point where they wanted nothing more than to sail into that cloud and to see what was inside it. And they all never thought about the fact that as they sailed into it, they would not be able to see where they were going. But now all they wanted to do was hear that beautiful... And then Captain Goldring sort of shook his head, and he reached down and he took his cloth belt that he was wearing, and he ripped off two little strips of cloth, and he stuffed them in his ears. And then he walked over, and he yelled, Turn aside! Turn aside! We don't know what's in there! And the man who was steering the boat 
just shook his head no, and he disobeyed the captain's orders. All he wanted to do was go see what the source of that wondrous singing was. And the captain hauled back, and he knocked him away, and then he turned the wheel and steered the boat away from the singing. And as they got further and further away, all the other people in the boat seemed to come to their senses and wonder what had come over them. I know exactly what that was. And Dak came back and he said, How come you weren't affected? And Captain Goldring said, Ah, it'd be from spending me life around the cannons, Prince Dak. I'm half deaf. I could barely hear whatever y'all were listening to. And once I put the cloth mirrors, I couldn't hear it at all. I've no idea what it was, but I had a feeling it did not wish us well. It was either one of two things. I'll tell you the most likely one first. Okay. The most likely one would be a siren. The second most likely one would be a mermaid. Mm-hmm. So they sailed away. And they turned back towards the island. And Dak, that night, after he had spent the rest of the day looking and eating, and he got went to bed, he woke up in the middle of the night. And he lay there awake, listening to the soft... slight creaking sound of a ship, a sailing ship in the night. He wondered what had woken him, and he decided that he could not get back to sleep, and so he walked up onto the deck and looked down into the water, and there in the water he saw a shape. He was so startled that he didn't move. He even forgot to breathe. He was afraid that it wasn't what he thought it was. He was afraid that if he moved or blinked or drew breath, it would disappear like a mirage. And then the ache in his lungs reminded him, and he took a breath, and the shape did not disappear. And he could tell, even on the dark, moonlit night, that it was a mermaid there in the water, watching the ship. He waved down, and he whispered, Hello? Do you remember me? And then the mermaid did not reply. He took a lantern from the side of the ship, he sort of shone it down in the water, and he could see that it was indeed a mermaid. But her hair was a dark and glossy brown, and her eyes were a strange sea-green color. She was indeed a mermaid, but not the mermaid. He saw it. He said, Hello, do you know the the mermaid with the blonde hair? Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you tell her that Prince Dak is looking for her? And the mermaid just watched for a moment. And then she opened her mouth and Dak heard the most beautiful song. It was as lovely as the song that they had heard earlier in the day, but entirely different. That song had been full of sadness, and this song, although he could not understand the words, was full of a sound like dolphins at play in crashing waves. Dak began to cry, because it was so beautiful, and because he could not understand it, and he had no way of communicating. And as he began to cry, he felt 
lump in his chest, and his chest felt hot. And then he realized that his chest felt hot because the pouch that Shan had given him had grown hot against his chest, so hot it almost seemed to burn his skin. He ripped it off and pulled it open, and there inside there was a seashell, a seashell glowing with heat. And Dak looked at the mermaid and looked at the seashell, and he did not know what it was, but he knew that it was somehow responding to the mermaid's song, and he knew that he had to take a chance. He reached into the pouch as he reached toward the shell. He could feel the heat coming off it. It was already feeling like it was starting to burn his fingers, but he felt that if he did not take this chance, he could never forgive himself, and so he put his hand all the way into the pouch, and he grasped the seashell. And as he grabbed it in his hand, the heat disappeared, and it lay there, cool, in his hand. It was on a delicate strand of something dried, like a plant leaf. He thought maybe it had once been seaweed. And he took it, and he put it around his neck. And as the shell touched his skin, suddenly the song was no longer something that he could not understand. Suddenly, it was language. It was words. It had meaning. And he could hear the mermaid saying, Hello, dear human. I do not know who you are, and I do not understand what you are saying. But I have seen you looking over into the water. I recognize that look on your face. It is the look of a human who seeks one of us. Tell me, human, who, who do you seek? And Dak grinned, and he opened his mouth. He said, hello, hello, oh, hello. And the mermaid stopped singing, and she just looked at him. He said, can you understand me? And the mermaid, in her musical voice, said, yes. And Dak said, I have come in search of the mermaid with the blonde hair and the beautiful eyes the color of the deepest blue sea. She saved me years ago after I was washed overboard in a storm, and I have come years seeking. Ago. It had been years at that point, yeah. It had been three years, four years, something like that. He said, do you know who I'm talking about? And the mermaid said, oh, 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 this is terrible. She said, I must give you sad, sad news. She said, the mermaid that you speak, her name is Curry, and she has been missing for many months. She was seeking you, and she went in the land of the deep lobsters. She has not returned. She says they are not friendly to my people. And if she tried to pass through their land without permission, they may have taken her captive. Or who knows? Dak said, can you tell me where this land of the deep lobsters is? The mermaid sort of bowed her head. She said, I would be pleased to show you to where the border is. Dak said, wait, who are you? 
My name is Zila. Well, thank you, Zila, said Dak. I will tell the captain to follow you. Thank you, she said. I hope that you can find Curry. She was my friend, and I know that she sought you as earnestly as you seek her. And then Dak ran down, and he woke up Captain Goldring, and he told him, he said, there's a mermaid in the water. And Captain Goldring came up and said, I be daft, boy, after today, you just be seeing things. And then he looked over the water, and he said, well, shiver me timbers, tis a mermaid. And Dak grinned, and he said, I told you. And Captain Goldring said, I, but I'd be thinking you'd be daft. Well, now I suppose we both be daft, my boy. And Zila said, Follow me, and I will lead you. Why is she singing, lad? Can't she talk? And Dak forgot that he was the only one wearing the shell. And he said, Yes, she said that we're to follow her. I, all right, I'll be telling the uh, helmsman to be following along behind her. Where will we be going, lad? Not entirely sure, said Dak. We're going to the border of something called the Land of the Deep Lobsters. Hmm, I never heard of it. Well, I suppose, Dak said, that's probably because it's underwater. What do you think we be doing when we get there? I don't know yet, Dak said. I'll figure it out when we get there. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but heckling and clever commentary were supplied by my children. The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson, and the logo was designed by Silas Wendelin. If you know someone who might enjoy the stories, please tell them about the show. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and preview snippets are posted to most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story.